Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me on a very special holiday bonus pop culture deep dive. I am so excited to have everyone in the deep end, though it is rather cold for us all in the deep end, at least here in the United States. I think we all are... uh, getting hit with a cold front these past few days. It is in the negatives here in Chicago, but I am here to keep us all warm with a very, very special bonus episode. This is the first bonus episode ever of the Diving Board Podcast, and I'm living for it. I'm so excited. And like I had mentioned in previous episodes, with this bonus content, I'm not going to promote it on Instagram. I'm not going to promote it anywhere. It is only going to be exclusive for my followers who are following the diving board podcast so that is the only way you're going to know about it the only way you'll find out about it are getting the alerts from following the podcast so most likely if you're listening to this you do follow the podcast and i just want to say thank you so much for doing so i am so eternally grateful it always blows me away that people actually want to listen to my random musings so i really really appreciate it and thank you just so much for following i'm really excited to do this bonus content and these quick little stories in pop culture and have a lot of stuff planned. But when I was thinking about our first bonus episode, and of course it fell right smack dab in the holiday season, I'm like, I have to do something holiday themed and something that'll get us into the Christmas spirit, into the holiday spirit. And of course I thought the best topic to talk about to get us into the spirit would obviously be getting emancipated from your parents. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Of course, it is a little bit of a heavy topic, but it does revolve our favorite Christmas icon, and that is none other than Macaulay Culkin. Kevin McAllister himself, big fans of him here on the Diving Board Podcast. So I wanted to talk uh, about one of our favorites, Macaulay Culkin. I want to talk about a little bit about his career and what he went through with his his family. It's a really, really interesting story. And I think uh, a story that applies to a lot of child stars. And I thought this would just be the perfect time to talk about this story because it's the holiday season and Macaulay is a holiday movie icon. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Let's jingle those bells and get into this first bonus episode. I am so excited. But of course, we always take it from the top here on the Diving Board Podcast. Who is Macaulay Culkin? Well, Macaulay Culkin was born on August 26th, 1980 in Manhattan, New York, New York. Uh, He is my fellow August birthday. That's probably why I love Macaulay so much just from the beginning. But he was born to Kit Culkin and Patricia Bentrup. And he was born into a huge family. Kit had actually had a son, Shane, from a previous relationship. And then between Kit and Patricia, they had six children together. So there were seven children all together. And Macaulay fell right smack dab in the middle. And because there were so many kids and so many mouths to feed, the Culkins, they definitely struggled to make ends meet. They did not have a lot of money. They really were just kind of scraping by. When they first came to Hollywood and when Macaulay's career was taking off, some tabloids actually referred to his family as the Beverly Hillbillies, which 
I loved that show growing up. That was, I was definitely um, a TV land kid, big fan of the Beverly Hillbillies. But that is what they called his family because they really were kind of scraping by to make ends meet. Macaulay actually told the story of when he would be going in movie theaters and he'd be crawling under the seats to see if any change had fallen out from any of the people who had gone to see the movie, if any change had fallen out of their pockets. So they were really, really just living very tightly. Like I said, there were just a lot of mouths to feed. There were a lot of kids. And it was his oldest brother, Shane, who his dad was really banking on to become a Hollywood star. Shane was a really talented dancer. He was really talented musically. He was a talented actor. So Kit was really, really banking on Shane to become a star and was always sending him to auditions. But because Macaulay was so young, he would tell Shane, like, take your brother with you to your audition. So someone kept an eye on him. They said, take Matt. That's what they always called Macaulay. They, um, he goes by Mac. And you know I love learning about celebrities and nicknames because it kind of makes me feel like I know them and I'm friends with them and I'm just connected to them a little bit more if I know their personal nickname. And saying that out loud sounds really pathetic, but you know what? I'm just living my life. But anyway, Macaulay, aka Mac, would accompany Shane on these auditions. And all of a sudden, Macaulay himself started noticing that he was booking gigs really without even trying. Because could you imagine Imagine if you were a casting director in the 80s and early 90s and a little Macaulay Culkin walks in. I mean, like Macaulay Culkin as a kid is like one of the cutest kids that have ever graced this earth. I mean, his face, he is literally angelic. Like that little boy is so cute. So him walking in and he has talent and he's you know, just really professional at a young age and he's funny. It's just like you hit the jackpot with him. And he gets his first movie in 1985, and it just starts to build from there. And it's just growing like wildfire because by 1989, he gets his first really big break. And of course, this is in the movie Uncle Buck when he plays Miles. And I loved Uncle Buck as a kid. But when I think about this movie, I remember a story that I'm not particularly proud of with my sister, which was during Christmas, my Aunt Bar had brought over some gifts for us and a couple of them were movies that we had requested and we had opened up the presents and we had noticed that it was Uncle Buck which I love Uncle Buck but we had actually requested a different John Candy movie we had requested Cool Runnings and um, I was a little bit disappointed because I definitely wanted the copy of Cool Runnings but I had decorum And I did not say it out loud, but my sister had a little bit more nerve and she turns to my aunt and she goes, we had asked for cool runnings. And (laughs) I remember this so vividly because like five-year-old me was absolutely mortified, but my aunt, she was great. She went back, she returned it and she got us a copy of Cool Running. She must have thought like these little brats, like what the hell? But, you know, we love John Candy here on the Diving Board Podcast and we love Uncle Buck and we do especially love Cool Runnings, our favorite Jamaican bobsled team. But back to Macaulay. 
Macaulay was a much better child than I was. You know, I was not as cute as Macaulay. I could not get away with this. I couldn't. So anyway, um, Macaulay, he really is, he does great in Uncle Buck. So of course that was directed by John Hughes and John Hughes had an even bigger project on the horizon that he wanted to cast Macaulay for. And this came out in 1990. And this was a little movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Home Alone. Um, you know, this was absolutely massive, like a huge box office smash. It raked in almost a half a billion dollars in the box office. And this was in 1990. So that is an absolute ton of money. That's almost $700 million in today's money. So the fact that this had done so well, this sent Macaulay Culkin into absolute superstardom. And of course, I was obsessed with this movie growing up. Like there are no words to describe. This was just my movie. I know as kids, I think we all just have our movie that we watched over and over and over. And this was mine. I loved Home Alone at any time of the year I was watching this movie. And actually I was a dental assistant in college, believe it or not. And one of the dentist office I worked at for my Northern Illinois natives, um, it was in Winnetka, Illinois. And um, if you are ever on the North Shore in the suburbs of Chicago, the northern suburbs right outside the city, that is like a John Hughes paradise. That's where he filmed so many movies. So you could just drive around the different towns on the North Shore and see all of these filming locations for John Hughes films. And uh, my office was actually like maybe four houses down from the Home Alone house. So I passed by it every single day and it just never got old it was it's a beautiful home so if you're ever in chicago definitely go up to winnetka and see the house it's just it's just something to be seen um love that McAllister house what was the dad doing in that movie that he could afford that house and to send them all to paris we will never know but i'm still wondering but anyway this took macaulay to worldwide stardom. Just everyone knew who he was. He was the cutest kid in the world. Everyone wanted to know who he was. And this is also when Kit became his manager. So, you know, one of the original dadagers, you know, we have Joe Jackson, Joe Simpson, and Kit Culkin is uh, throwing his hat into the ring. And he was taking a 15% cut, which I feel like is a big cut for a manager. Isn't it like 10%? I think Kris Jenner gets 10%. If I remember correctly, maybe she gets more. But um, he was taking 15%, which Macaulay started doing well. So taking that 15% off the top, Kit was getting a nice paycheck as well. And this is when Macaulay kind of became the Culkin family cash cow. He was making all of the money. He was supporting the family because like I said, they were poor. They were really struggling to make ends meet. So the money was kind of coming from Macaulay to support that entire family. And could you imagine being like a 10 year old kid and you're supporting your family? It's just, I couldn't imagine. But the next year he was in the movie, My Girl, which, oh my gosh, never not cry. It is, you know, he can't see without his glasses. Like, oh, it's such a good movie. And this is where he earned his first $1 million paycheck for this movie. And he became the first child actor to ever make a million dollars for a movie. He was really, really cementing himself as just a big player in Hollywood. 
And Macaulay, it's worth noting, he had absolutely no idea that he was making this kind of money. His dad was controlling all of the assets, all of the money, and he would also hide newspapers and magazines from Macaulay so that Macaulay couldn't read what he was making. He couldn't read any articles about him. He had absolutely no clue what he was getting paid for these movies. And of course, this is worth noting, this is the early 90s. There was no Google. There wasn't even Ask Jeeves back then. Remember Ask Ask Jeeves. Oh man, that's a throwback. But there wasn't a search engine that you could type in what was Macaulay Culkin paid for this movie. It There was no way that he could access this information. So Kit really, really held the reins on all of Macaulay's money. He had no idea what was going on. And by the time he was in Home Alone 2, he had made four and a half million dollars for the picture. And Home Alone 2 was another box office smash. Like Home Alone and Home Alone 2 raked in collectively almost a billion dollars in the box office. So he was just a worldwide star. And Kit and Patricia were managing all of the funds. Macaulay had no idea how much cash he was actually bringing in. And it was a lot of money. Because at this time, Macaulay was not just the biggest child actor in the world. He was becoming one of the biggest actors in general. Like he was a really, really big deal. And Kit wanted to strike when the iron was hot. Macaulay hosted SNL. He actually became the second youngest person to ever host SNL. And Kit ran a tight ship because he was really hard on Macaulay. Macaulay even says when he was on SNL, he um, Kit refused to let him use Q cards. So he'd be like, you need to learn these lines. You can't use cue cards. You can't do anything. This is a 10 year old, 11 year old boy and adults use cue cards. Like the biggest stars in the world are using cue cards when they're on stage to fall back on. But this little boy couldn't use them. So that kind of shows like Kit is really running a tight ship. And Macaulay is just tired. He's physically and mentally drained. And Macaulay had actually asked Kit, like, can I have a break? I'm a little kid. I've been working constantly since, you know, I'm four years old. Can I just have a little bit of a break? And Kit's like, no, you're you're not getting a break. And just kept booking him for gigs. And it's funny because I saw this video and it's actually, I think it popped up on TikTok maybe twice and I saw it on Instagram and it's this video of Macaulay as a kid and they're like, what are your favorite phrases? And this is a little boy and he's like, my favorite phrases are take five or that's a wrap or see you on Monday or you know have a good weekend. It's just like all of these things that revolve around having a break from work. And this is a little boy saying this. So it shows like he so overworked. Like think of what your favorite phrases are. Like my favorite phrase as a 31 year old is like the text I get from DoorDash that my dasher is approaching with my order. Like I'm not thinking about, of course I'm thinking about the weekend, but that's not my favorite phrase because it just shows like this little boy is so overworked. And Kit was really living through Macaulay. And he was also just jealous of Macaulay because Kit wanted to be an actor himself. And he really, really tried to make a go at it, but he just wasn't successful at it. He never got a big break. And he didn't have any success like Macaulay did. And Macaulay actually said that you could tell that his dad resented him because everything Kit wanted to accomplish in life, Macaulay had accomplished by the time he was 10 years old. So there was definitely 
a weird resentment and animosity towards this little boy because he had succeeded in an industry that Kit never even came close to. So that also wasn't great for their relationship. But Macaulay was just, he was getting tired and Kit just kept booking him. And he eventually booked a movie in the early 90s with Ted Danson called Getting Even with Dad, which I never saw it. I never even heard of it, but I'm not surprised because it totally flopped in the box office. Uh, but he got paid $8 million for this movie. And in 1994, he also starred in the movie Richie Rich. And he also got paid $8 million for that. But that movie also flopped. It really, uh, I think it only made a $2 million profit. But I liked Richie Rich. I actually really liked that movie. My mom uh, was a nurse and her nurse friend, we would go over to their house and the nurse's friend's daughter was like obsessed with that movie. So I think that was her movie. Mine was Home Alone and hers was Richie Rich because we watched that all the time. And I just never said anything. I just went with the flow. My sister was the more outspoken one, clearly. But I um, just kind of went with it. And I remember eating like Captain Crunch every time we'd go over there and just watch Richie Rich over and sometimes Space Jam. I don't know why I remember these things, you guys. <laughs> like I just have a vivid memory of it. But I liked that movie. But it flopped. And this is when Macaulay was just kind of over it. He went on David Letterman um, to promote the film, and you can just see how tired he is. He's 14 years old, and you can just see he's exhausted. And at this rate, he said that he had done 16 films in five years. Could you imagine? And this is a young boy. And he says to David Letterman how he's really overworked and he's tired. And David Letterman like bursts out laughing because it's like a 14 year old kid is saying how overworked they are, but he was. And the audience is laughing because of course they're going to follow the host. And it's just, it makes me feel so bad for Macaulay because you can see how mentally drained he is. And nobody is acknowledging the fact that, yeah, he is overworked. He's tired and he's had to do this his entire childhood. It's a lot. And even in that interview, he can't really remember the people he worked with. He's forgetting some people's names and it kind of just shows how overworked he is and how kind of checked out he is as well. So 1995 rolls around right after Richie Rich comes out and Macaulay is done. He's 15. He wants to ride out the rest of his childhood and he wants to retire from acting. He's like, I he actually said, I hope you made enough money because that's it. Like I've made you enough money and that's all that's coming in. Because like I said, he was the cash cow, but it was time for the cash cow to be sent out to pasture. He was done. And at this point, he had made nearly $24 million during his career. And again, he's only 15 years old at this point. And of course, we love our inflation calculators here on the Diving Board Podcast. So in today's money, that's over $47 million. And this is a teenager who has made this kind of money. Like that just shows like he was a workhorse. He was working so hard and bringing in a lot, a lot of money from these projects. And of course, Kit took his 15% cut, which renders him from this around $3.6 million, which is a little over $7 million today. And that is a lot of money. I mean, Kit was really driving this kid into the ground. And it was just hard because Kit was a really, really difficult man to work with. And Macaulay had actually said that he had felt like Kit was 
sabotaging his career as he was booking these films because Kit was just not a nice man in negotiations. He was really just blunt and rude. And you never want to get that trope of being difficult to work with, especially when you're a kid and you're trying to start your career and build your career. And this man, your manager and your dad is coming in wreaking havoc all over set. And it's just getting people not wanting to book you. So Macaulay also said like during this rise, he felt like his dad was kind of sabotaging him inadvertently just because the dad didn't know how to act. And of course, when Richie Rich didn't do well and when Macaulay wanted to retire, this caused Kit to spiral because I think Kit started getting addicted to the fame, getting addicted to the money, and he still wanted to live out his dreams through Macaulay. So he started getting really, really bad with his drinking, started getting very, very physically abusive. Macaulay talks about the times where he was physically abused by Kit and his mom was also physically abused by Kit. And Patricia was just over it. She was like, I'm done. You're out. We're splitting up. And it's worth noting, they were never married, so they never had to go through a legal divorce. However, they had so many children together and they needed to figure out a custody agreement. And plus, they both were arguing over who was going to manage Macaulay's funds because there was a lot of money at stake. So this kind of shows like there was greed that was taking over because, of course, you want to get custody of your children and figure that out because you want to have your kids best interest at heart. But there was also that in the back of their mind that there was so much money and they wanted to be the one to manage it. But Kit moved out after they had split up and Patricia was just pouring money into these attorneys. And of course, Kit was the manager, so he had the money. And Patricia was running out of money very, very quickly. And soon she had nothing left and they were in danger of getting evicted from their apartment if she didn't pay because she was spending all of this money on attorneys. And at this point, Macaulay was like, I have money. Like, I could help you. Like, I have money. I just don't have any control of, over it. And of course, he doesn't know how much money he even has, but he knows he has something. He knows he's at least a little bit wealthy. So he's like, I need to get control of this money so that, you know, I can potentially help my mom out. But also I just, I need to be able to make my own decisions on my own money because he's 16 years old at this point. Like you're almost an adult. I understand at 16, you're really young, but there is some maturity that is coming out. And of course, Macaulay, just being in the industry, you grow up really fast. So he's mature at this point. So he decides to get an executor and he's like, I need to get both of my parents' names off this trust. I need to make sure that I have control of all of my money and that my dad and my mom have no control or no say in this. And this was really big at the time because some child actors had done it in the past. Drew Barrymore had actually done it in the past and become emancipated from her parents. But it was really big at the time. And an executor worked with him to get both names of his parents off the trust. And he really just wanted his dad off the trust at the end of the day. But he didn't want it to get messy and it didn't want him to see like he was choosing sides. So he's like, I want my mom's name off as well. 
And honestly, he just said he didn't want anyone to have a chance to stick their finger in the pie. He wanted to have full control over this. And it was really reported in the media that he had, quote, divorced his parents. But that wasn't really true. Like I said, he was almost 18 anyway. And really, he just wanted control of his money. And I talked about this before in the Amanda Bynes episode. And like I said, I just mentioned Drew Barrymore. It's interesting when you're a child actor. And of course, like when you're reaching like 16, 17, you're not a legal adult yet. But when you're that age you really start craving independence. I remember being that age and that's all I wanted was independence. And you really just start craving it and you're so close to independence because you're almost an adult and you can taste it, but you're so close yet so far. And at that age, really what you're depending on your parents for is of course guidance and mentorship, but you can take care of yourself at that point. You're really depending on their on, on money. They're paying the, the housing, they're paying the bills, they're taking care of you in that sense. But when you're a famous actor, you most likely have more money than your parents. And you can take care of yourself, you can support yourself monetarily, and you don't really need to rely on them to pay for anything. So it must be kind of a big mind blow when you still have to answer to your parents, but like, you know, you can support yourself. So I feel like that's a lot of cases for child actors where you have all of this money and you don't have any control of it just because you're not 18 yet. And it wasn't until he was 18 years old where he fully realized how much he had. Because with a lot of these trusts, you don't really have full access to it until you're 18 years old. Some of the family trusts, I know there's stipulations like you have to graduate college first or there's some things. But with Macaulay's, he had to be 18 years old. And he said that he had a meeting and he called it the slip of the paper meeting where he was at a desk and they just slid a piece of paper over to him saying how much money he had in the trust. And he looked at it and he was just stunned because like I said, he had no clue how much money he had been making throughout his entire career. And of course, there's conflicting reports of how much was in this trust at the time. So I don't know for sure, but it's said that Macaulay's net worth in 2022 is around $18 million. So he has really managed this money rather well. Um, He has real estate in Manhattan that he said he bought in the 1990s. So it's probably worth like five times what he bought it for. And he's just, he's managing this money well. He's living well. He didn't go and blow it. And he's still living a really, really nice life. So he made a lot of, lot of money. And it's allowed him to enjoy his life through the rest of his days. But this was a really big strain on the time on him and his father's relationship. Kit essentially said that he no longer views Macaulay as a son. And that's like so devastating to think about because it's like, why? Over money? Because this kid wanted control over his money and he didn't want you to have a chance at getting to it. I mean, obviously there might be more to the story, but it just seemed like it was so greedy and I don't know. Macaulay said it's actually a good thing that they don't have a relationship. He said once, you know, him and Kit stopped talking, it just got better. And, you know, it's sad. Like, you never want to see a family break up and you want to see a reconciliation. But sometimes it is just better to 
love from a distance. Sometimes that's just best. And sometimes it's best for people just to have no contact and not have a relationship. And I think it sounds like it was the best situation for Macaulay uh, with his dad. And he actually wrote in his memoir in 2006, he actually wrote a letter to his dad. And I don't want to read it because I'll probably start crying because it is really sad. And I don't want to cry again on the Diving Board podcast. I think I have like a one get out of jail free card um, on the Diving Board podcast of crying. And I don't want to do it again. (laughs) So if you want to Google it, um, you could read it. But it is really sad. And it just talks about like the, the burden and the grief that Kit caused their entire family. And it just shows how much Macaulay was put through during this entire time. And it really is just sad to read. But when it's all said and done, he's done really, really well. And of course, you know, he's really triumphed from having a very hard upbringing and really come out on top. And I really think kind of going through that and getting control of his own money was the best situation for him because who knows what could have happened. And this was his blood, sweat and tears that he put into it. So he has done really, really well in life. But he has had his share of hardships like everyone has. Um, In 2004, he was arrested for marijuana possession and having a controlled substance without a prescription, which in 2022 is not that big of a deal. Of course, marijuana is legal in pretty much every state now, so it's not that huge of a deal. But in 2004, this was definitely a big deal. And this is where a lot of rumors started swirling that he was abusing drugs. And he maintains that he wasn't. He's he's honest. He's like, of course, I was doing recreational drugs. I never abused them, but I was doing them. And he's like, I viewed them as old friends, but he said himself, he's like, sometimes you outgrow your old friends. So he doesn't really partake in that anymore. But you can see he's kind of grown up and he's evolved um, and really into a full-fledged adult. And he seems to be doing really, really well. I know he dated Mila Kunis for years. They dated for eight years, almost an entire decade. But in 2017, he actually met Brenda Song, fellow child star, love Brenda Song. And he said they just hit it off right away. They just have an amazing relationship. And in 2021, he welcomed his first child with Brenda and it was a son named Dakota and they actually named their son after Macaulay's late sister who was named Dakota so a really nice homage to her and Macaulay has said about the money that it's really just allowed him to live a really nice life and explore the projects that he wants to do. He's like, I don't really feel like I need to take on all these projects just to earn a paycheck because he is managing the money well. He is set for life. So he really is just doing the things that he wants to do. He was in Party Monster, which is a great movie. Um, He was in that Google commercial, remember, a few years ago where he was Kevin McAllister and he was doing all of um, the Google devices, which was so brilliant. I love that commercial. He was also, remember, last year, he walked in the Gucci runway show on Hollywood Boulevard. And I have to say, he's he's pretty much 
he's looking good. And I was never really attracted to Macaulay Culkin in that way, but he kind of has a little bit of mileage on him now and kind of bulked up just a little slightly. And I don't know, he's just looking good lately. And so is Kieran Culkin, like in succession. I don't know. I am definitely attracted to them. Like since they've gotten older, they've definitely aged like wine. So we don't need to get into the inner workings of me being attracted to members of the Culkin family now. But They're just looking good. They're aging really, really well. So I just have to say, you know, Macaulay, he's done his thing and he's lived such a private life. He's lived in New York. He's lived in Paris and he kind of splits his time and he just seems like he's living such a nice life, but he's lived such a private life that he really only comes out in certain times, like when he was in the Gucci uh, runway show, or sometimes you'll see him uh, in a paparazzi shot, but he is so private and he's managed his image so well that he's not overexposed and he's not, you know, you don't see him everywhere. So he's almost like an endangered species. Like when you're on a safari and you see an endangered animal and you're so excited because it's such a rarity. So when you see Macaulay in something, like you get so excited because you rarely see him. So like when you see him walking in a Gucci runway show, it's like, oh my God, there's Macaulay Culkin. So, or at least that was my reaction. And I think that's a lot of people's reaction because you just wanna see him. He was such a big part of a lot of our childhood. So when he pops up in places, it is kind of um, an exciting event. So I appreciate that about him, that he kind of, makes his appearances sparingly. So you appreciate them so much more. But you might be wondering whatever happened to Kit Culkin. Um, you probably aren't wondering that, but I just want to close the loop. Um, <laughs> Kit Culkin, he's living in Oregon now. He's living a really, really quiet lifestyle. He actually underwent some health issues in recent years, but he's still plugging along and you're just, just living really, really under the radar. Um, but, you know, it seems like the Culkin family is doing well. They're all so talented. I love Karen Culkin, Rory Culkin. They're just, I, I love the Culkin family, but we just want to give a big shout out to Macaulay. Just makes the holiday season so much brighter with the McAllister family and all of his antics. And we just, we love him. So I just am so happy to tell his story and get to kind of talk about him on the Diving Board podcast. So I think this is a really, really great excuse. So on that note, Thank you so much for tuning in to this first bonus episode and our first holiday episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, I would love if you rated me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate if you wrote me a review. It would just motivate more people to listen and join the fun with all of us here on the Diving Board Podcast. But I just have to say thank you so much. If you're not following the podcast yet, please hit that follow button wherever you're listening so that you can stay up to date with any content, any main episodes, or any secret bonus episodes. I would just appreciate your your following. It just means a lot to me. So thank you so much. And if you are already following, another really, really big thank you. But I am just wishing you all of the happiest 
things in this holiday season. Thank you so much for making this year just so amazing. And I couldn't have done this without all of your support. And I just hope you all have a great, great holiday and an amazing new year. And I'm so excited to see what 2023 brings for us all. I'm just so ready for the journey. But until then, I will talk to you all very soon and keep the change, you filthy animal.